podcast. I'm Ashley. And I'm Justine. Every week on our show, we turn to Netflix and go to their lovely subcategory section, which you can find mysteriously somehow. I don't know. Sometimes they move it. And watch a romantic comedy. Yep. We started all the way back in 1918, and we are now through the 50s and headed headlong into the 60s and 70s. So we're doing this because, well, it's fun, and we're gaining a lot of context and insight into Mm -hmm. the genre, and we still really miss Cary Grant. Yeah. Today we have a special guest with us because both Justine and I have seen the movie, and... (gasps) Who, who is, who's here? Who's here with us? I don't know. It's like you don't have eyes. Hi, I'm Drew. <laughs> oh, it's Drew. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as I know, I have not seen this movie. And if I have seen it, I do not remember it whatsoever. <laughs> okay, Drew, who are you? What do you do? I'm Andrew Perot. I am a cinematographer. Also known as Drew. Also known as Drew. It's like Um, internet celebrity. After um, I sort of became an ongoing meme with the most recent 2015 Mind Crack 48-hour charity stream. You're also my Uh, significant significant person. Uh, But that won't influence how I rate this film. What is your romance background? No, I'm just kidding. Romance background no, no, is no. watching you watch romance comedies, romantic comedies. Do you watch romantic comedies ever? Uh, I think I have. I don't know if I know that they're romantic comedies. Like, what was the one we watched re- uh, when Harry met Sally? Was that, mm-hmm. was that a romantic comedy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I've watched it all the way through except for recently with you. That was a yeah. good one. I'm, I've been told I will enjoy The Graduate yeah. by more people than the other two in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, so. people were very surprised that you had not seen this movie. Something about I still plastics. can't believe it. <laughs> There's something about plastics. Indeed. I was told the joke this afternoon just after finishing an interview, and they're like, they said it about plastics, and they're like, you'll understand it. <laughs> so... Let's tell everybody about the movie we're watching today. 1967's The Graduate. Dustin Hoffman turns in a landmark performance as a naive college graduate who is seduced by a middle-aged neighbor in this Oscar-winning classic. This film stars Anne Bancroft, Dustin Hoffman, and Catherine Ross. It's directed by Mike Nichols. It's rated PG. This I is still can't f- believe it's PG. In the well, 60s? Are we in 60s? Yeah, 67. So this is actually, I think it was, I, I'm not quite sure the history, but I think it might be rated like kind of post, like it didn't come out with a rating, because this yeah. is like maybe a year before movies were rated. Yeah, because, yeah, we haven't had a rating on them before. No, this is the first time we've ever had a movie rating. Guess who else is in this movie? Who? Mr. Feeney. <gasps> Be on the lookout oh, yeah. for Mr. Feeney. I yeah. forgot he's in this. I'm so bad with names. From Boy Meets World. Last couple tidbits. It's an hour and 45 minutes. It's rated four stars on Netflix. At the 1968 Academy Awards, it was nominated for Best Cinematography, Best Picture, Best Writing, Adapted Screenplay, Best Actor, and it won for Best Director. At the 68 Golden Globe Awards, it was nominated for Best Actor, and it won for Best Picture, Best Director, and Best Actress. At the 1969 BAFTAs, it was nominated for Best Actress, and it won Best Film and Best Direction. Now, here's some context for the Academy Awards. Because it's cool. Here's a little trivia for the 40th Academy Awards. It was postponed two days 
due to the assassination of Martin Luther King. The awards for cinematography, art direction, and costume design were finally combined into single categories and no longer separated into color and black and white. Okay, that's good, because that was really confusing for a while. So the films Bonnie and Clyde and Guess Who's Coming to Dinner were tied with the most nominations at 10, but the most awards went to In the Heat of the Night with 5. A lot of nominations, though. Yeah. A lot of wins. Actually, I think it's funny because in the description it talks about Dustin Hoffman is touted for this role, but... He didn't even win. No, but the actress, I think Anne Bancroft, was nominated and actually won multiple times for the role. Yeah, because... Well, and she became a pop culture icon with Mm -hmm. Mrs. Robinson. Mm -hmm. All right, you excited to watch? I am. Okay, we're going to watch the movie now. All right, we'll see you in in two hours? Yep. Okay. And we're back. We just watched The Graduate with our special friend. (laughs) Your special friend. My special friend and a special (laughs) friend of the podcast. (laughs) There you go. I was just talking 30 (laughs) seconds ago on this. I guess, well, then we'll start discussing the plot. Yeah, that sounds good. It's a lot of plot. It is a lot. There's a lot happening. This is, like, our first, like, movie movie. This is our first real movie with, like, movie stars and not, well, I guess not, like, movie stars, but good movie plot points. Yeah. There's a better way of putting it. (laughs) Okay, we start the film with Ben on a plane landing in L.A., and it's the first time we get to hear the sounds of silence. <laughs> then we cut to a shot of him in front of a fish tank, and there's a lot of underwater imagery in this film, with him being underwater, figuratively, literally. <laughs> He's in over his head. That he is. He doesn't know what to do, and when you're underwater, it's very calming, and you can ignore the world. It reminds me a lot of the beginning of Garden State, which, like, Garden State totally ripped all of this oh, off, yeah. of course. <laughs> so he's at his house, and there's a party for him. He's just graduated. Yeah, it's like your graduation party that you have after high school, that your parents are super excited that you achieved things. And they're offering him a drink pretty quick. Well, well, okay, like, okay, that's after the party. But... It's like upper middle class, like, here's your alcohol. 60s. I don't know, yeah. yeah. Ben doesn't even want to attend his own party. He's having a horrible time and he's worried about his future. But his mom and dad drag him down. And then there's this, the famous part where the guy, I don't remember his name, takes him aside and says the whole plastics thing. <laughs> They're the future. They are the future. And it was the future. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the, this is the whole, like this whole sh- this, this whole scene is is a tra- like basically just a tracking shot of following him. Yeah, I really like this shot because it's really suffocating on the character. It is a close up. Yeah, and yeah. it is handheld, yeah. but it works. I am notorious for hating handheld <laughs> oh, unnecessary. Yeah. But this was back. This was done back when they were done tastefully and. For what, a purpose. Was it because it was like a big deal to do <laughs> handheld? They're like... Well, yeah, because you have a 40... Oh, yeah. Not 40, maybe like more like 35 pound. <laughs> Five pounds less. Yeah, you have a heavy camera on your shoulder. Yeah, whereas now it's like super easy. Super easy because yeah. the cameras are so light. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think that's what makes them 
worse because you don't have that weight that kind of gives it that gravity. But you do it for a reason versus yeah. doing it just because it's an option to do it or to quote unquote yeah. save time or whatever. This, I think they did it well because it's you're focused so much on Ben that all of a sudden you kind of get the introduction to Miss Robinson without even noticing it. Because there's a very subtle stop. Like that's when the handheld kind of ends and it's right on her. And the focus is right mm-hmm. on her for like three seconds. And then yeah, it goes right she's back just to like him. in the background. Yeah. It's very subtle how they they kind of connected those two characters visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely with all the with it all being close up, especially claustrophobic. And I think I, I'm I, during the film of, of once or twice, I I sometimes in this kind of setting I will say focus when it is out of focus. <laughs> and I think they did really good in the handheld stuff, which is a lot closer physically and a lot more difficult to do. Mm-hmm. So they did that really well. Okay, so Ben. He's suffocating and he runs upstairs back to his room and Mrs. Robinson shows up. She comes in his room looking for the bathroom. Of course. And but she not wa- really. No, not really. She wants to know what's upsetting him and she's smoking there and she wants him to drive her home, which he's just very, I don't know, very kiddish about it. Well, and she's very predatory. Yeah. Like, I think that's what makes... This movie so well, yeah, yeah, but also so interesting is that the woman is the predatory mm-hmm. um, figure of going after the, the sex. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so she finally like gets him to drive her home, and then she invites him in. Like, just like it's it was a long pro. It didn't seem long, but it was a long process because she's just like. I need you to go in ahead of me. I don't want to be alone and all that. She had all reasons for everything. But because he's not getting it. Like, yeah. as the viewer, you get what she's doing. What she's, uh, like, she's trying to, to rope in the young stud. Yes. <laughs> and get, like, her needs met. I mean, she's, she, she needs those things met. You yeah. can tell. Yeah, I feel like, yeah, a lot of other people, as soon as she'd be like, can you drive me home? They'd be like, oh, ho. Yeah. Like you can pick, like you can pick up on what she's she's doing very early on, mm-hmm. and I think that was a story choice. It wasn't. Yeah, I like how his character really evolves over the movie, <laughs> but then doesn't at the same time because he's still right back in the same yeah situation. I didn't fully believe the naiveness of it. I wasn't fully, but maybe that's just like you said because we as an audience see it. Mm-hmm. But even the performance, I feel like. I feel like I would have picked up on it sooner and put my foot down. But if obviously, if they, they did that in the movie, there wouldn't be a movie. So, mm-hmm. I don't know. I found it harder to, to really believe the naiveness. I mean, not only was he naive, he was very, like, kind of self-centered at the moment. Where he's just like, I really have to sit down and think about what I'm going to do in my future. He was very <laughs> bothered by what was happening. I, I almost would believe he was more distracted by thinking of his future yeah. to not pick up okay yeah maybe i believe that okay so she gets him to the bar gives him a drink so she's afraid of being alone my husband will be gone for several hours and then he picks up with the you're trying to seduce me yeah <laughs> and she's like no what makes you think that and then he's like oh, oh i'm sorry i'm sorry i said that nope sorry <laughs> lines have been crossed ah. of course older movies i think are notorious for that and you you many people don't think of it 
Um, and I think the cinematography was great and all, but with it being shot on film and in the 60s, I feel everything is overly lit and it does not look like night. Like, when you go into the into her house and mm-hmm. you right by the bar in the back, you see, like, the backyard, it looks like daylight out there to me. This is, like, the darkest movie we've seen yeah. thus far in our like, viewing. Oh, darking, as in, like, brightness yes. levels? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, and also this one, in the course of what we've watched, most of the movies that we've watched have all... Any interior was taking place on, like, a lot. Or gotcha. most exterior. This was actually one of the first ones that we've seen that actually went to locations and actually used real houses. And I'm not saying it was shot in the day, but I'm just, yeah. They didn't want it to be super, super no. dark. Yeah. No, I, I get that. But I, I just in my mind, I'm like, that's not what night looks like. I know, but that's what <laughs> interpretation of today is. Yeah. yeah. Whereas back then, they would be like, why is this so dark? People aren't going to watch this crap. Yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Agreed. Film is more forgiving for your highlights, and digital, you're more forgiving for your shadows. Once you clip in digital, you're, you don't have anything on the okay. highs. So, okay. Yeah. All right. That makes Mr. more sense to me. That makes <laughs> to me. I went to film school. <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. The digital we got the same degree. I didn't, yeah, we we all got the same degree. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I tell everybody. Alright, so Mrs. Robinson takes Ben up to Elaine's room to show her the new portrait they've done of her. And while she's up there, she's like, will you unzip my dress, please? Da 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 da. And he's just like, stop doing that! <laughs> well, yeah, and they also, Mrs. Robinson was trying to, to seduce Ben into Elaine's bed, so there's that whole weirdness going yeah. on. It but pretty yes. much gets to the point of... Him almost leaving, her wanting to grab the handbag and forcing her to come back up and put it in, in the end, in her daughter's room on the stand. And he goes in there, puts it in, and turns around, and she had closed the door, and she's naked. Yep. And then you see, like, the the quick one-second frame grabs of, of the shot of her from, like, the just above the breast line up, but it's it's one frame of like, oh, boobs. Yep. Oh, midriff, because <laughs> they're not going to go any lower. Yeah. Oh, boobs. And it's 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 simulating the quick looks mm-hmm. that the man <laughs> Yeah, I love it, because you could see situation. his eye like go down and up. Look it up. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely shot for that for for that to be created in editing, which works. That was that was a definitely uh, uh, I don't want to say experimental, but it, not a common uh, no, way to do it at yeah. all, especially for that time. Yeah, um, this is our first boob. Yeah, this is our is that first, the first boob? boob. This is our first nudity. I mean, I feel that would potentially be the first nudity in a romantic comedy. I, I don't think of nudity during romantic comedy when I think of the genre of romantic comedy. But I feel that this is the time, pretty much like anything before like the 90s romantic comedies, when you would get the nudity. I don't yes. think it'll happen any time after that. I think it's gotten a little bit more liberal with it nowadays. Yeah, especially since, it, well, the thing because is... Because breasts are fine. Breasts. You don't even hide them. Right. Exactly. Nipples are good. Nipples are good. Free the nipples. This podcast brought to you by the Free the Nipples Okay, but, okay, so right after, I like this, right after you hear the car door, even though I feel I heard more than one car door slam, but you hear the car door, he juts down, and the husband comes in. I always thought. makes it back to the bar. And makes it back to the bar and pours the drink. You're like, what is it? Scotch? Takes the scotch bottle and it's like, no, it's actually bourbon. Pours the scotch. <laughs> Later on in the film, it's the same thing. 
I don't care what you say. I'm giving you a scotch. Yeah, this is the first one where we've actually had a callback joke. Those bottles, though. You like them? <laughs> Those bottles. You like them? You don't like them? I don't know. <laughs> like, at first I was like, is that a Darth Vader? No, 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 not Darth Vader. It's like a whole tiki set to yeah. go with their jungle theme. Yeah. So, at the bar, Mr. Robinson wants to talk to Ben about his future. Wants him to sow his wild oats while he can. <laughs> Have yourself a few flings. <laughs> I feel Get we're encouraging there. our kids in a different way now. <laughs> That's what they generally wanted boys to do after college. Well, before they settled down and get married. Yeah. Sow your oats. <laughs> yeah, get it out of your system because it was thought that if they did it before they got married that they would be more happy in their marriages. Yeah, they wouldn't have affairs. Which is why the birth control movement well, was so do, popular are, are around affairs, this time. Were affairs a problem back at that time? They were uber taboo in the 50s, so I'm assuming it's still probably lingering around in like, that area. Well, in like the 70s, there was a whole lot of, well, that was swinging. But I th- like, yeah, I feel that was affairs where no one said anything because they didn't care. Yeah. yeah. Was, but yeah. weren't we just watching a movie with affairs and they're like, oh, yeah, well, my husband. Yeah, they were. Oh, and we watched The Apartment in the mm-hmm. six. That was in the 60s, and that had a ton of affairs in it. That's true. Yeah, That's true. I have. Uh, I have a feeling that there, it's like that shift because the 50s were just weird about sex in mm-hmm. general in America. So there were probably these, with how taboo that was, what I think with what was going on in Do Not Disturb was they were trying to talk about it, but... In a lighthearted way? In a lighthearted way and in a way that they would talk about it so that it's not... It's not a thing that you would talk about your, like, social group with. It was something to kind of, like, keep him in line so that it doesn't get out <laughs> to yeah. further past that. Yeah, and definitely in the, I feel like the films we've watched, the guys having the affairs, not the women. Yeah, it's definitely not the women. That's why I think this one is just very resonant with people. Nothing's happened yet. It's a week later, he has his birthday, and then... After that, like during when he's in the diving suit underwater. Oh, we the diving hear... suit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Was the diving suit was in between that That's and right the after, hotel, right? Yeah, after the few oh, things. Oh, sorry. I missed that. It's Ben's birthday party. Yeah. And he gets the diving suit. I hope I'm so glad that never kind of birthday would ever happen. <laughs> There's all like relatives out there like, come on out. <laughs> yeah. The whole water <laughs> motif going on. I mean, you have the fish tank. It's very claustrophobic and and also like they framed the fish tank so it was just water you didn't really see the tank parts yeah. around it and then yeah he's in his suit and they have him go through the water and have a cool effect on the lens mm-hmm. uh made it look like pov um and then his parents like pushing him in the water <laughs> which is also claustrophobic mm-hmm. you know scuba diving so I think it just adds to that, like, now what am I doing? Well, life? yeah, and the fact that he's scuba diving in a swimming pool, which is a, a very contained place, whereas when you actually go scuba diving, you're out in a big, huge, vast body of water. Yeah. And the fact that they were in California and didn't go to the ocean yeah. kind of points to this whole this yeah. whole feeling that he had. And, and the parents are pushing you in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's like being pushed into college and being pushed into this whole, you need this to have this future that we expect you to have and all the expectations that they had as an upper middle class family, Mm -hmm. which Mm -hmm. I think is, it's around the time where that whole, this whole thing is very resonant. And I think 
even more so today, it can be very resonant with people. Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, so yeah, it's when he's underwater that we get the, the VO of the phone call of him calling Mrs. Robinson. He's at the hotel, and she's like, I'll be there. <laughs> I feel that's the beginning of the super awkwardness. Like, I'm doing this. I'm do- What do I do? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know i got to be really secretive. Everyone's watching me when really no one's watching him. It yeah, nobody matter. cares. No yeah. one cares. I do like Touch of Mink did it first. Where he's, like, on the phone, and, like, in the background, there's, like, a wedding party. Yeah. And then, like, he leaves, and then there are, like, these old ladies. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God, Touch of Mink did it first. Feeling guilty about sleeping with someone you're not married to. <laughs> it's interesting because Touch of Mink was the woman's point of view about going into an affair, mm-hmm. and then this is the, the man's point of view. Mm-hmm. I like But was Touch of Mink, was that initialized by the female or the male? The male. Okay. Male. So that's also opposite. Yeah. Are you here for an affair? I love that. That reminded me of, since I recently watched it, uh, Up in the Air. Oh. Cancer? Oh, yes. Do you like the cancer? (laughs) Huh? The can, sir? Um, Yeah, he goes to that wedding party or whatever and then leaves. I don't know what that was. That was weirdness. He goes to the bar. No, that, that, that helps with the nervousness. I'm thinking of, like, in a situation where I'm nervous waiting around, especially for something I initiated, whether you're going to a party and you're not a party kind of person, you don't know what you do. You're so tunnel visioned and you're just walking around and you then you think people are watching you. Yeah. I think it works. It it helps really sell. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, why is he going to this party? I, he doesn't even know why he's going. Yeah. Because he's just forced into it. And that's, a that's I think, a motif in itself. He's like forced into all these things. His parents are pushing him to college. His parents are pushing him in the water. Like, he's, I'm not even supposed to be. I'm going in this party. Bye. Like, looks back at the guy. Yeah. And, it was even, like, just the one suggestion from the, the guy at the counter. He's like, oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. <laughs> he's even trying, like, at the beginning, he's trying to say, well, like, no, no, I don't want to do this. And they won't let him. They're like, oh, who are you? Let me, no, I'll find it in the list somewhere. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I think that's, like, one of the things coming out of college and having no idea what you're gonna do you've are you've been forced to do things your entire life and now all of a sudden you're like there's no script anymore that you have to follow and i think that's that's really what they were trying to kind of knock home was he's only doing this because this is what he's used to being done like all of his life he's being told what to do so i've had those feels That's when I started, not to notice, but to, to really feel the long takes and everything. Mm-hmm. And the long takes, I think that that doesn't really fly now because the long takes are all like trying to be planned out and like really elaborate, trying yeah. to be, trying to have certain things, whereas nothing is happening in these long takes. But there's also nothing happening in his life. Yeah. So yeah. it's also related. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm, no, I'm no. saying I'm noticing them, but I'm not. I mean, like, I guess at parts, I'm not saying I, this is a movie I'd watch over and over. I enjoyed watching it, but didn't take me out of it, having those long takes. Okay, so he goes to the bar, and then uh, Mrs. Robinson shows up, and he's very nervous, and he's feeling a bit invisible, because not even the waiter, like, notices he's yeah. there. And the whole, like, so did you get a room? No, are you going to get a room? Should I get a room now? Did... <laughs> yeah, he's waiting to be, like, get a room. <laughs> told what he's supposed to be doing. And... Where is my road map? And on yeah. the phone. Oh, it's so great. I think there's something you should tell me. <laughs> <laughs> great. Actually, I think this wasn't the, the 
this was at least the second time it happened. Introducing her coming up was the table reflection. Yeah. yeah. And it was also a reflection when she's, I, naked. When she's naked, naked coming in the room. Yeah. They separate. More, well, they. I'm not sure, but I know they said something in the trivia in the beginning about separating people between glass and also the water, like very sterile environments in the first beginning. Oh, like. Well, it's like being watched. And foreground and background. Yeah. Kind of like you're you're being glass or being behind glass, like has this image of just you're you're being watched. You're in this like cage environment. At least yeah. to me, like that always feels like oh, I'm watching these people as they're going through these horrible situations. And the, the mirrors, I think, it's to, like, divide, at least divide them on where their intentions are until that actually happens. So I think they, they did that beforehand, before the affair actually started, mm-hmm. and then it's never used again because they're actually on the, the, the same side of the glass now. Does Through that make the any looking sense? glass? Yeah. <laughs> <There you go>. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that makes any sense. but No, I'll, I'll go with that. Okay, so then he goes up to the room, and he scouts it out for a little bit, and then Mrs. Robinson shows up, and, you know, there's a little awkward kissing where she's smoking, and then the awkward boob grabbing. (laughs) She's starting to undress, and he starts his whole, I can't do this, I can't do this. And then she uses the reverse psychology of being like, oh, it's your first time, don't worry that you're inadequate at something. Yeah. (laughs) It's okay, you're gonna get through this. And he's like, I'm not inadequate. And then we're like, lights out. And they do, he does, he does the do. He does the do? He does the do. It's implied. Yeah, we don't actually have a money shot. This wasn't, this wasn't an X-rated Doesn't film. need it. <laughs> I'm just saying. It's okay, because we got a montage. The sex oh, montage. Oh, montage. The pool. There's Great pool. job at transitioning from having sex to, like, the next room, your parents are there. Mm-hmm. And the next, yeah. It's a brilliant montage. Oh, it's so good. They use it in editing classes. It's so awesome. <laughs> They're just like, look, look yeah. at this montage. You'll never make anything this good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> look at it and cry. <laughs> but I have to say, I mean, there is some good montages and transition kind of montages like that. Mm-hmm. But I don't think anything would be on that level. I'm not saying it's above. Like, maybe it's just on a different level, but it's... It's so simple, and you don't it's notice so the cut. That you don't notice the cuts at all. So you're you're there. You're like, oh, and, whoa! There's a sudden shift. But yet, it's so on par with his character. Yes. Too. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. Applaud for the montage. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> okay, so Ben's picked up some habits. He's now smoking. He's now drinking. He's getting tan. Was he drinking? Yeah. yeah, in the montage he was drinking, and during it oh, he started that. smoking. I saw the smoking. Because sex leads to drugs. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Rock and roll. And don't Simon don't and do Garfunkel. sex. Don't do the sex. Don't do the sex. And I like this scene with his dad lecturing him. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, just drifting. <laughs> <laughs> He's just drifting. He's drifting throughout this whole film. Yep. Yeah. Drifting throughout life. Well, in yeah. that, in that and shot, it's mm-hmm. so, like, disjointed, and, like, you don't see his face for the majority and of the time. And star filter. There's some kind of filter going yeah. on there. Some yeah. effect, I think. In camera effect. It's mm-hmm. my opinion. Guess. Yeah. I don't know if they were trying to make it, like, seem like it was from his point of view with the sunglasses and maybe the glare from the plastic on his face or what, but they definitely did, like, something. They darkened it or... I don't know. I mean, I feel it was... I guess it wasn't necessarily a star filter. I I want to say it was in camera. I guess it might not have been. Could have been a post effect. I don't 
I don't know what they were capable of. Oh, no, I'm talking about just, like, a gel or something. Oh. Like, um, over the, like, over maybe the lens to, to shoot through. Oh, yeah. I mean, some kind of diffusion yeah. filter of some yeah. sort. I don't know what Because the, the be, sun but... was just, it was... It was twinkling almost. Yeah. yeah. It was weird. It's, it's your department. That's something. That's something. <laughs> it might have been, been something just specific for this film. I mean, back then there was way more experimental stuff that they would do. Yeah, I mean, that's what the cinematographer was told to do with this movie. It's just like, go experiment. Yeah. <laughs> Create things. Yeah. Have fun. We'll see ya. Here's Dustin Hoffman. <laughs> Make him run around a lot. Play with his car. Yep. Okay, so uh, his dad's lecturing him to get off his ass, and then the Robinsons show up, and Mr. Robinson wants Ben to date his daughter, Elaine. This is just a weird conversation. I don't understand. Hey. It was multiple times, I feel. Yes, it yeah. was. Date my daughter. <laughs> Have the so he's having this conversation about sowing your oats and then is like, here's my daughter. He's yeah. like throwing her to this possible randy little boy. Anna, since we're talking about as I mentioned the car, I feel the car was the one thing that didn't fit his persona. His It was a present it from was his Parents. It was like this is who oh, we expect you I to be. I missed that again. Is it the yeah. party? It's at the it's, it's very, very beginning. beginning. Oh, okay. Which um, it's in the middle of like the party dialogue, which they they had some audio like effect oops. on it. Either way, I feel that's the thing that just didn't fit him at all. This sports car. It was his graduation present. All right. Okay, so Ben is shaving, and his mom shows up, and she's. Wearing, like, a nightgown negligee, which was awkward. Yeah, his... Okay, so when we were looking in the trivia, we found that his parents were actually only 10 years older than Dustin Hoffman at the time. So, like, when she did that, she looked like she was one of his friends or maybe one of his other affairs. I was like, Mrs. Robinson. Yeah, I was... Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, if I wouldn't have known that it was, like, the scene that we were in, Mm -hmm. it would have been, like, who is this person? Yeah. So his mom wants to know what he does at night, and he just lies. That's what kids do. As in, like, he's lying, not, like, lying down. He's a little bit of both. He's a little (laughs) bit of both. Yeah, but he doesn't, yeah. He lies to his mom about lying with Mr. Robinson. Yeah. And then his soul just kind of, like, Because he does look like he, like, folds in on himself at this point because he thinks he's gotten caught. Yeah. Guy shaves his face a lot. (laughs) He doesn't want to be beardy. Keeps his boyish good looks. Yeah, because he'll lose lose his affair. Uh Uh-huh. All right, so in the next scene, he's in the bed with Ms. Robinson in the hotel, and he wants to have a conversation. And a lot of this talking happens in complete darkness, which is interesting. If on the internet, they say it is definitely experimental-ish kind of stuff. I wasn't having it. No. I wasn't, I wasn't into it. I mean, I feel it probably still was best for the scene to mm-hmm. match, the, to, to help tell the story. I don't think, I think the story, I don't think it would have suffered a lot having it all be in light, but I wasn't having it. <laughs> I mean, they weren't changing any angles at all. Mostly what they're no. doing is turning that, on and off a light. That was yeah. another thing where they, the whole scene was two shots. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he finds out that Ms. Robinson got married because she was pregnant. And she's very hesitant about answering any more questions. And she threatens him and says, don't ever take out Elaine. And then they start. Their daughter. Yeah. And so they're fighting about that. And he's like, what? I'm not good enough for your daughter? Stuff like that. 
Um, she's like, well, you're not right for each other. So they fight, but then they apologize. But then she still doesn't want him to take out Elaine. Sorry, I'm still, like, stuck on the light. <laughs> the light? Well, I, I'm thinking that it was... At least this is... Okay, this is what I get from it. So, the reason that she's keeping the lights off is she's keeping him in the dark for this this conversation. She does not want to have this conversation. We don't actually get any of the information from her until the light's on, and we actually can see... We don't find out that she she got married or that she was pregnant until she literally turns the light on and tells him. Mm -hmm. And then when he decides that... Like, the conversation is over, essentially. The light goes back off. And then they, they kind of use that as a device to, I guess, show that they're both hiding something from each other in the conversation no, context. No, no, that's... I think that's... Uh, that that was probably all intentional, I would guess. I don't think that was accidental at all. I think no, they experimented yeah. with it. Though, I mean, they definitely took a chance on it being so dark for the scene. And I think it helped when he open the blind so at least you get some silhouette in mm-hmm. there and mm-hmm. you saw a little bit of glow in the cigarette yeah it makes you focus um, more on what they're saying than yes what than visually what you're seeing yeah it was good i think something you get subliminally yeah <laughs> that's why it like struck me that you said that so i had to like process it in my head yeah yes i guess for me i'm just like oh what's the visual um Board. Where'd the lights go? The lights go? <laughs> give, me, give me something, a little something. I was hoping yeah. for more of a glow from the cigarette even. <laughs> I didn't get that. I think I would have been more happy if it was just a silhouette. Because mm-hmm. you could still sell the whole that, yeah, in the dark idea. in the night with a silhouette. That's how you would do it now? I think that's how I would do it now. And I, I feel that potentially I'd be pushed to actually have more light than that, come to think of it. Movies are very bright. Nowadays. Yeah, or, or like moonlight coming in from somewhere. Yeah, or, or that, that vapor, which blue, is the blue, blue post-production blue like blue effect. Moon. Yeah. Okay, so then uh, Ben's having breakfast with his parents, and then he's swimming with them, and his dad is pushing him to ask out Elaine, and then his mom like blackmails him into having a date, or else they're all going to have a dinner with the Robinsons, which shouldn't scare him as much as I think it does. Yeah, I mean, like, what's going to happen at the dinner? Actually, I was expecting the dinner for the next scene, but no. He went for the date. <laughs> he went, he went for the, the date. date. <laughs> you would go for the dinner. I would go for the dinner. <laughs> I mean, but maybe as a kid he or a young adult, yeah. maybe that'd be more scary. He didn't want to have the awkwardness of the parents all together. I don't know. Like they would know? Yeah. Like he would break. <laughs> Well, I guess that does go back to him. Oh, he says that. You're right. He actually says that. Oh, yeah, that's right. He does. But, yeah, it goes back to him feeling like he's watched all the time, I guess. Yeah, like they're going to pick up on clues between all of them. When he's clearly not going to give anything away because he looks just... He's a very neurotic guy. Yeah, he is. I never really thought about it that way. I just always thought he just was an idiot. No, he's neurotic and obsessive. Yeah, and a little self-centered. Mm-hmm. They do the date. Yeah, they do the date. They do do the date, the, the terrible date. He's First he's speeding in his car, and then he's walking fast, but he's walking right fast into a strip club. And he's not wearing his sunglasses at night. <laughs> yeah, not letting her keep up at all. No. Very rude. I would have dumped him. I'd been like, bye. I was surprised she didn't just, like, leave. Yeah. There's they, no cell phones to call a cab or anything. Hey, downtown LA, just grab a cab. Well, she probably doesn't have any money. Oh, valid point, because girls didn't carry money. 
during dates. That was the man's prerogative. They're in the strip club, and uh, she's got her back to the stage, and he's like, you're missing the show. And then the tassel boobs come over (laughs) and start... That is one of three scenes I've seen from this movie before. Did you see that in school? Saw that in school. (laughs) I saw that one in school. I saw the bus one in school. Actually, maybe those are the only two. It's either that or the running. They normally do the running Maybe the running, but actually... Why didn't they show the strip scene in school? I think it was one... I think it was actually one of the, like... No, it wasn't on editing. I don't know. I think it was a kid one. Bring in a scene. Oh. It's like, oh, you just I'm want in to college see now. I can move, <laughs> so I'm going to bring in this scene. <laughs> Yet, joke's on him. Good movie for film school. Sucker. Hey. He's like, I'm going to show a scene from The Graduate. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, you picked, like, the most obvious <laughs> choice. <laughs> Mm-hmm. <laughs> trying to come he, off but then he apologizes and they sort of hit it off yeah he buys her a burger and the guy's being mean but he's like I'm not gonna let this stop me <laughs> the windows and the, <laughs> the top yep. the, the sound effects I'm, I'm doing hand motions to the car windows and top he brings better sound effects than we do yeah, yeah. I don't know what he's thinking because he's just digging himself deeper for later on he likes her. He like, yeah. I. He has genuinely connected with the first person that he's seen ever, ever. <laughs> that has thrown him a bone. Yeah. He actually pretty much says that. But that's pretty much just happening. So yeah, runs out, kisses her, gets her a burger at the drive-in. Elaine invites him in, but he's like, "Hey, it's still early. Let's go get a drink." So they, she suggests the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> That he's been having and the affair runs at. a curb. Yeah, so when they get to the in hotel, all the staff greet him. Hey, welcome back. Mr. Gladstone, how you doing? So then he tells her that he likes her, and she wants, she she picks up. She says, are you having an affair with someone? <laughs> well, <laughs> obviously. Wow. Well, apparently when, every- obvious? <laughs> <laughs> apparently when everybody at a hotel knows your name, you're obviously having an affair. Which is that why is most- not what I would jump to. That's, uh, neither would I. But maybe back then, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I get it, but I also don't get why he and Mrs. Robinson would continue to go back to the same hotel. Um, it, was the clo- it seemed like it was the closest to her. Yeah. Her house. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. I just, if I were going to, like, go about hiding this from my husband, I wouldn't want to pick the closest and probably the most fanciest maybe, hotel Maybe it was on her. I think if she has more pull, like, no, we're going to this one. No, why go farther? Yeah. Because he just sort of goes with the flow. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Yeah, but he's the one who but I don't at the hotel first. That's true, but I, I don't know if he would have thought through it enough to be like, I think we should go to another hotel. Yeah, but maybe, she, uh, I guess that's my question about her, is she seems like she would be the smart one. But she doesn't care. She, I feel she's the one who's like, no one's watching. Mm-hmm. That's she's true. She's the more obvious. It's her. almost like she wanted to get caught. Yeah, to some extent, I feel. I feel you're right. Well, yeah, if she, that would make the, the whole getting married so young conversation a bit more poignant now that I think about it. I don't know, after seeing this, like, for the third time, like, all the way through, I, I feel like I sympathize with Mrs. Robinson a lot more 
than what I did when I first watched it. Because the first time I watched it, I was just like, why is she going after him? Why is she being such a bitch? Why is she so controlling? She's trying to relive her life. Yeah. Which her husband has been telling Hoffman the whole film, like, hey, go do this stuff when you're young. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like at that point, like somewhere at the beginning, I was like, he already's in on this. He knows. Uh... That's that's sort of what I felt. I, for, I forgot about that. Because he is. He's telling her to do all that, and she's reliving it. Yeah. Benjamin admits to having an affair, but lies about who it is and says that it's all over. And also that he wants to take her out the next day. Well, I feel the all over part, that was his deciding point right then. Like, hey, I like her. I want to stop this other thing. I don't think it was lying on anything else. I just think it was not telling the truth. Yes. He answered the questions. <laughs> He, he did the guy lie. thing. He, he did lie. <laughs> he did lie because he said, and it was a son. A, and a son. And a what? A husband oh, and a son. you're right. And it would have been daughter, because isn't she the only one? Yeah. That, okay, you're right. So, the daughter. Yeah, you're right. That was a lie. I forgot about that. I think this is a child who has never lied in his entire life. Well, he's like and suburban his, rich white boy who's yeah. given everything. This is like a sports car. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, what kind of... The next day... It's raining in L.A. <laughs> Hard. Yeah. Just yeah. on his car. <laughs> close up. A lot of close up shots. A lot of close ups. Okay, so he's driving. He gets to the <clears throat> house, but Mrs. Robinson jumps in the car, and she's like, I'm going to spill everything. If you she's keep in dating. a robe. Yeah. If you keep dating, I'm going to tell everything. He's like, okay, beach to it. He kind of like stops the car and he just runs faster than she does. He's like, Elaine, he locks, Elaine. <laughs> he locks the car. He locks her in the car. Oh, does he? Yeah. No, he, I don't think he locks her in the car, does he? Yeah. The, the side, that's why she has trouble and she says, oh, mm. god damn it. And um, she unlocks it and then has to like get out. That's how he got the head start. Mm. Was he, I don't think they had automatic locks, so I don't know how he locked her in the car, but he did. I, th- I thought it was more of just like a Oh, he's doing that. Like, he's doing his childish show. Like, he's, she's been watching him. Well, no. She's been with him the past however many weeks, mm-hmm. months, maybe. I don't know. Well, it's all like, in oh, the summer. He's doing his thing again. He's not actually going to do anything, but then he actually does do something. Yeah. yeah. Either way, you got to head start. But he also, she didn't, I felt that there was, Mrs. Robinson was not trying to stop him at that point. No. Like, he's like, well, it's gonna happen. Like, where she easily could have been like, get out of the house. Because she knows that she she's gonna get what she wants when he tells her. Because what she yes. wants is she does not Agreed. want her daughter For to end to up, up like her. She wants them to be split up and separated because she knows the whole cycle of young love because she is under this impression that whatever happens to... Elaine at this point is exactly what's going what happened to her and she does not want that. That so, was like something that I got from this view. Like I nice. never got that. I thought that she was just a bitch. <laughs> so it is it was really interesting to like actually delve into her mm-hmm. perspective more. So Ben is run out of the car and he's run up to uh, Elaine's room and he runs in there and he's like I got to tell you something. I got to tell you something about this affair. It wasn't what I said and then you know, Mrs. Robinson's there also, and she puts two and two together, and she gets really mad, upset, and screams, tells him to go, and then we get another montage, but this time to the Scarborough Scarborough Fair. (laughs) Which sounds very similar to Sounds of Silence, Mm -hmm. because it came from the same album. So it's a montage of 
him like watching Elaine. Just... Yeah, he's stalking her. Yep. Because he drives all the. Well, he tells his parents that him and Elaine are gonna get married. Yeah, he tells them they're gonna get married. They freak out, and then they kind of get break it down to it where he actually says, "Well, she doesn't like me, but we're gonna get eh. married. <laughs> we're gonna. Go, I'm gonna go stalk this girl now. Bye. I'm going to Berkeley. Bye." <laughs> Which? Why didn't they stop? <laughs> they don't seem to stop him for anything. Yeah. Yeah, but like, okay, he he could have gone and done something horrible to this woman. Why wouldn't he basically just confess that this woman does not like him, mm-hmm. but they're gonna get married? That sounds borderline like serial killer material. Mm-hmm. And they did nothing. They just were like, "Okay, cool, have fun, son." Yeah, what are they gonna do though? Take away his car keys? Like, he's an adult. He's not acting like one, and they've never treated him like one. So, so why now? Well, I guess they just don't know what to do with this situation then. Okay. So he gets to Berkeley, he gets a house there, and then he continues stalking Elaine. He is walking around Berkeley, and then he finds her, she gets on a bus, and he runs after her on the bus, and she sees him, and she's just like, oh god. (laughs) This whole section sort of transitions into a different kind of style of shooting. So many long lens shots, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and a lot of pans and zooms and such much more movement yeah i guess so like physical movement yeah oh okay instead of standing still and like doing what he's told he's starting to do what he wants to do instead of following along the script although he has no idea how to come about and do these things so by adding a different style to it it probably visually shows the shift in his persona She's on the bus with him, and she says she's going to go to the zoo to meet this guy, Carl. That's what they do. They're at the zoo. He's just still following her around. Yeah, like, she has not tried to get away, really, or screamed for help. Oh, this was the moment where I turned to you and said that this movie could be recut and Mm -hmm. could be, like, a murder, like, movie about a serial killer. Yeah. But then, later on, Elaine busts into his room... And tells and confronts him and says that her mom said that he raped her. Yeah, and he gets really flustered and, like, non-confrontational, and then she screams bloody murder. Yeah, it's very awkward. Well, I didn't understand why she screamed. Like, was she just trying to get out? I could see that. Like, I feel like that's something that sometimes you do when you don't want to hear something. You drown it out. Yeah. I guess, yeah, that can make reaction. sense. I'm surprised that they didn't bust in more and talk. Like, the people that came to the door, the landlord and the other roommates in the building. Yeah, yeah, maybe that's why it, make, it comes off as awkward to me that nobody is concerned <laughs> about yeah. the scream. I mean, they were concerned and then they saw her, but yeah. It's still it's still a time where just, like, you don't... You, you believe the guy who says she's all right instead of, like, the woman. Yeah, well, until you see her yeah like yeah, yeah she looks fine yeah and without doing like a actual examination no i i don't know but this scene is just it's just really awkward i don't quite understand why she's confronting him at this point yeah well it helps sell it for the end of the movie yeah like, without this scene i think the ending is like what mm-hmm. yeah so there's that i think she's also just kind to like figure shit out too 
She liked him. She only heard the one side of the story. I guess, yeah, if she was questioning what her mother was telling her and was like, no, this dude could never do that. Like, okay, I'm going to go and talk to him. But then I feel like she would go and talk to him sooner rather than later. Like, well, she would she would confront him about it. Well, I mean, she, I guess she didn't want to do that in public, and she did kind of just surprise him. Yeah. I, I think it's more, not awkward, but weird of a scene for her to come back. Yeah. yeah. That was more the weird one. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of, and I'm just getting it confused. Well, I mean, I think they're back-to-back, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just, okay. like, transitions to night, and then, like, she yeah, opens the door, and she's more. back. And yeah, I think I'm just confusing, because... Because there was back-to-back, yeah. Yeah, it didn't make... It, there should have been a scene in between where yeah. it, Or the scene where she does confront him, She she's the one who leaves instead of him. Yeah, it would have made more sense if she would have left sooner mm-hmm. in that first scene. And then come back to actually get the answers. Okay, so then she comes in, she wants a kiss, and says that she might marry him. And then we have his fixa- his fixation with the marriage. Like, yeah. <laughs> just following her around being like, let's get married. She also said she might marry Eric. Or the other guy. What was his name was Carl. 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 Whatever, another four-letter name. Yeah. Well, I had Colin, said- you had Eric, so... Carl is a combination of the two. <laughs> Seems like she might marry a lot of guys. Yeah. Well, she is a prize to be won. Yeah. She is quite beautiful. I mean, so is her mother. Her mother had really nice legs. As <laughs> We haven't talked about her legs, which is surprising for this movie. It's, like, famous. Mm-hmm. The fact that we haven't talked about her legs is just surprising to me. Meh. Until now. She had nice legs. You have to admit it, Justine. Meh. Meh. Me. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, Ben actually goes out and buys a ring. He's getting this really obsessive personality Where thing. Garfunkel has a ba 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 cameo. Who? Garfunkel. Oh, Simon and Garfunkel. Just Garfunkel. He had a cameo oh. in the jewelry. It's like I didn't know that. It's like a three-second, like <clears throat> quick. He runs out of the jewelry yeah, store and Garfunkel's standing. Yeah, oh. you have to pause it. So he goes back to his room at the place, which I thought he was already kicked out of. He's been kicked out of that place like three times. <laughs> He's just like, I'm just going to keep living here. And Mr. Robinson is in the room, and he's all angry and says, oh, we're getting a divorce now. It's all, it's all your fault. fault. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is where I like really was i knew it was ending soon so i was just like taking really quick notes like he goes to try and find elaine but she's gone so he gets a note and it was just like sorry things have to end this way i'm gonna marry carl yeah bye so then he ben drives back to the robinson's house mrs robinson is there she's like i'm gonna call the police there's gonna be a wedding too bad you lose Yeah, she was very nonchalant about it, which I I liked. I liked that as her performance. There were some really nice, like, the nuances that she did that kind of really sold that. Yeah, and then so she, he drives, so then Ben drives back to Berkeley and asks the frat guys where the wedding is. Which they kept making fun of the wedding, saying it was a shotgun wedding. Well, it happened really quickly. Well, yeah, no, it is essentially a shotgun wedding, just not for the reason yeah. that they're <laughs> thinking. Yeah. So he finds out that the wedding is in Santa Barbara, so he drives to Santa Barbara, 
and then he uses a phone at the gas station to find out where the church is and once he leaves the gas station he's driving and he runs out of gas <laughs> so then he's got to or right after the gas you need some gas in there <laughs> yeah. i i almost wish that line wasn't in there oh i like it it's cute God, but you're like wait he did run out of gas what can you tell that that's a gas station? Like yes, yes. Oh, he's at okay. the he's at the pump. He's at the pump. Okay, I'm just thinking of reasons why they would work, like put that piece of dialogue in or not t- or still use it. Well, I also feel is like oh oh all those those looks I gave him while he was on the phone. That's fine because he's a reverend. He's give, he's marrying someone. It's fine. Is <laughs> he? I don't think the guy believed him. No, he didn't look like a reverend. He asked for get. Mm-hmm. No, I get it. But I feel that he didn't, like, he wouldn't have asked for gas. Then. I think he would have asked because he's like, you just used my phone. Yeah, but it wasn't <laughs> that kind of tone. It wasn't like, you know, you get some gas with that. Call. <laughs> I think I can see with the, with that same tone, what she's trying to say is that, you know, I let you use your phone. Are you going to buy my freaking product, you asshole? Or are you just going to run yeah, away? Yeah, but I, I, I get it. But I, I feel it doesn't, it wasn't said in that tone, though. It wasn't said in the, hey, you want to buy some gas with that phone call. It was more like, hey, do you need some, like, actually encouraging. Like, do you need some gas? You know, you're about to marry someone. Maybe. I don't know. Like a, like a gesture more than a whatever the other tone. I think it's more to indicate how in a hurry he is. That he's not paying attention to anybody. He's so fixated yeah. or on Or that his gas tank's low. Yeah. Yeah, but that, yeah, that's true. I mean, I guess it's just as funny that he runs out of gas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. After it's ass. But... Well, it, think... it really ties in the whole fixation thing again. Like, he's yeah. so freaking tunnel vision, so focused on Elaine. He's not paying attention to anything around him. Just like the phone book. He no, was tearing true. pages right. out of the phone book and not... Mm-hmm. I think it would sell more that he's tunnel vision by him asking for gas. Yeah. yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. Okay. So then he runs to the church <laughs> and we get the famous uh, long lens running, running shot into the camera. It was very nice. So we get to the church, and Elaine just got married. She's kissing. She's kissing. They they smooching. And he's the famous banging on the glass. Elaine! Elaine! That's the other scene I saw. Yeah, everybody's seen that scene. Yeah. <laughs> People who are just born have seen that scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's shown to nurseries across the United States. Everybody knows what happens. He She runs. She runs grabs him, there's some fisticuffs and pushes the family down, beats him off with the cross. Oh my gosh, <laughs> it was so much. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, they escape and then lock the doors with the cross, which I love. I loved that there was a bus station just right outside the church. With the bus pulling up, and then, they, yeah. yeah, they get on the bus. Well, they're pulling away, but yeah. Yep. Yeah. Was it pulling away? It was pulling away, and they ran after it a little bit, and they stopped. Oh, okay. Away. Well, where else is he going to go? He's got no gas in his car. Well, his car isn't even anywhere yeah. close to the church. Like, it'd be funny if they just had to, like, wait at the bus stop with, like, the family all <laughs> That's the comedy the now. That's how comedies work now. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, this is really how it works. I need to wait for the bus. It doesn't yeah. just arrive. Yeah. And then, they, then the other famous shot of them sitting and then realizing what they've just done. <laughs> the, oh, crap, this is life. Yeah, that it's not just a happy ending. That there isn't a roadmap. Mm-hmm. And I think my question with this ending is, is like, do they really love each other? Do they really 
know each other. They went on one date. Yeah, I know. <laughs> that's why I'm like, they were, it's that whole, he's so fixated on her because she's the first person that's really thrown him a bone. Mm-hmm. Not in the bedroom sense, but that he's emotionally felt the same connection with, with the whole the feeling of not being, not knowing what to do or not knowing where your future is. Yeah, he's still got that future to contemplate. <laughs> yeah, that the, he completely missed the whole, like, this is, like, the call, your call to action as a hero person. Like, this is what you're supposed to do for your life. Because he was so fixated on this one thing. So basically, they did do exactly what Mrs. Robinson was afraid of. Mm-hmm. In the end, was they chose this unconventional life to actually having a plan or actually thinking things through. Well, yeah, and that Elaine is actually still married to the other guy. <laughs> Technically, yes. Technically. Was the marriage certificate signed? Because then they're not legally married, right. only spiritually. Right. Because there is a difference in the state of Missouri, because I had to find out. <laughs> it was a very exhaustive search, because their website sucks. I feel I learned this, the frames within a frame. There was a lot of that in film school that I learned, and I feel this is one of those film school movies where I saw a lot of those frames in a frame. Like, boxing out. There's a vertical pillar between the two that separates them. They're talking with a pillar in between, or um, Even talking the within the, the window, the talking within the, the fish tank. There's a lot of that. A lot of the classic stuff. I feel it's still... Stuff you see in movies now, but I feel it's a lot less. Plus, today, there's a lot more shots in movies. Yes. I'm curious how many shots, or how many cuts there were in this that you see, that you're supposed to see. It's it's not a lot. It's nowhere near. They had a lot of long takes. Yeah. It's nowhere near, like, I think we compared it to... Like, I think the Transformers movie, because it was out at that time. And there was, like, 460 in that, and there were only... the the, con- the comparison was just drastic mm-hmm. with how the cuts worked, which I think there's too many cuts in movies today because you don't you don't yeah. get drawn into that. Yeah, movies. What are you trying to hide? Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel you can't. I feel that action movies get a little bit of leeway because with a lot of action, not that you have to, but it it helps sell it when there are some more cuts, and, and yeah. unless you can do it practically. Jackie Chan stuff or something. Yeah. No, I get what you're saying, but I'm, like, saying just in... In general. In general, it's... action movies, yeah. Yeah. Whereas, yeah, the Transformer movie, yeah, I'm gonna see a lot of cuts in that. (laughs) But, like, heavy dialogue movies where you have you don't have these long like emotional scenes because maybe you're the editor is trying to create the performance more so because the actors are rushed or they're not actually in that moment or whatever i think that there's just a drastic difference between acting today than there is acting of the past because i feel like a lot of but that's good because there's an evolution of that and finding out what you can do in post which yeah it might take more editing but that might tell the story the way yeah in some to, in some instances it works and then in some instances it doesn't you're just it doing doesn't it work. to cut yeah. yeah which i don't i can tell yeah <laughs> when they're just doing it to cut like i see a lot of it when i go back and watch like tv shows because tv was really bad about it which was every per every line of dialogue was a mm. cut back and forth especially in the early 2000s that was a huge thing and it just was annoying because it got so overused and it wasn't necessary because it didn't matter you didn't need to see that character when they're saying that line i'd rather the cut be done for an emotional reason rather than just a i need to see the actor's face reason 
Yeah. Which still happens, and I think it got it got used in in more movies now because the the takes maybe can be shorter. You can kind of cobble things together better. I don't know. Well, I, and just shorter pre shorter post production time. I feel yeah. like that's how I initially cut my scenes until yeah. I know what's happening in the scene. Unless I go into it really understanding their performance which is rare yeah because you don't get to watch all the footage anymore right so like i really that's the way you cut it first but then you start taking away and then viewing the other performances when you're really digesting the scene yeah like i said it's not a lot of time to do that nowadays yeah it's like okay i want it done now <laughs> well and then they they say they don't save any money for post we, we cry about post a lot they spend it all on you yeah <laughs> it's not like back when they were it's all shot on film it's so pretty. Trivia. This is the first time a director was paid a flat salary of $1 million. Damn. What I found was actually that most of the dialogue from the movie came from the book that this is based off of. Mm. But the writers took credit for it. Oh, shit. And um, the author of the book, uh, I think his name was Colin Webb, was not credited as a, a scriptwriter, he was just credited for story. Oh, work his contract. Yeah, he actually has been fighting since 2008 to win the rights back. Really? Yeah. Wow. Because uh, he was not happy with certain aspects of the movie, apparently. This one I really liked um, that uh, the actress who played Mrs. Robinson said that uh, years later, she never really connected with Mrs. Robinson at the time, but when she was actually kind of analyzing her career, it came as a surprise to her that Mrs. Robinson was the character she most identified with. Mm. She also added that a lot of times that she gets caught on the street and men tell her that they were her for, or their first sexual fantasy. Interesting. A lot of leg. A lot of leg. I mean, it is the cover. Now. It wasn't then. Oh, it wasn't then. Mm-mm. So are we ready to rate? Rate this movie. Okay, I'm going to rate it a four and a half clearish black stockings. Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to rate this movie five church crosses. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to rate it 4.25 running Hoffmans. Ooh, that's a good one. <laughs> very, yeah. very good. Yeah. So, next week, we are going to be watching 1967's Bedazzled. Mm-hmm. Mm. It's, um, you know the the Brendan Fraser movie? Is this what it's based off of? That's the original, and the Brendan Fraser's oh. the remake. <laughs> I hope it's better than the Brendan Fraser version. I don't know if it will be. So, Drew, where can we find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at andyperot.com, um, or you can find me on Twitter at pliskenake. P-L-I-S-K-I-N-A-K-E. You can listen and download our episodes at thecutaways.com. Please leave us comments, rate us, and subscribe to us on iTunes and on Stitcher. Um, We're also on Facebook and Twitter at Cutaways Podcast. At Cutaways Podcast. At Cutaways Podcast. Thank you, Drew, for joining us today. You're welcome. I feel very much more graduated into your, your podcast. Very lovely. Maybe we'll see you again in the 90s. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Oh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. In 2016. Bye, people. Bye.